Ash Olaf. Hi guys, welcome back to Waxing Lyrical from the Symposium. I'm delighted to be joined as usual by Arjun, Jay and Cameron. And um, yeah, as usual, we'll be discussing four albums, discussing what we've been listening to recently and what we might listen to in the future. And yeah, just just generally music. Um, As usual, we've got quite an eclectic mix of albums. Um, So I chose Funeral by Arcade Fire. Arjun? I chose Atrocity Exhibition by Danny Brown. Jay? I chose In Rainbows by Radiohead. And Cameron? I chose Hip Hop Bebop by Man Parish. Right, okay. So that's quite a a good eclectic mix, as usual. Um, So yeah, um, how are you guys? What have you been listening to the last week or so, Cameron? Uh, Yeah, I must have been feeling very nostalgic uh, this week because I've sort of been having two albums on repeat. One of which was the first album I can remember listening to, Back to Front, uh, and the other one of which was the first album I ever bought. Uh, The first album I remember listening to is Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds, which for uh, a bit of a disco and late Victorian sci-fi fan is a perfect combination. It's just a really unique and funny mix of like this late 70s progressive rock and Richard Burton narrating The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. So that's a pretty funny little experiment in music. And uh, the other album, the first uh, one I ever bought, was Mika's Life in Cartoon Motion, which if if you're like run about, if you're a millennial and you're like British, I'm sure you have like very nostalgic, warm memories of this album. It's just one of those things that I think formed a big part of everyone's culture. It's a a great pop album. Yeah. Um, What about you, Arjun? Um, right, so you know how a few pods um, ago, like I think the very first one, um, I suggested the album Medellin 2 by this rapper called Smooth. Well, I mentioned there and then that there are lots of sort of artists in his sort of camp, in his sort of area, underground area, that seem to release albums like every week. Now this Friday there was like a spate of releases by similar artists to him, and I basically listened to them all. They're just like all in the same camp. There's this rap- rappers called Eto, 38 Spesh, um, Flea Lord, and they basically released like three albums all in the same go. So I just basically was binging those albums. Then obviously the albums that um, we had to cover for this, minus one, which I shall explain later. Um, yeah. Fair enough. And, and uh, Jay? Um, I've had a bit of a weird week actually. I for some reason decided that I wanted to work my way through David Bowie's discography because um, I've heard quite a few of his albums but I kind of wanted to listen to him start to finish just because he's he's that kind of artist who is constantly changing and shifting throughout his career. So I got up to Young Americans yesterday which is like his first album made kind of after departing from the glam rock world um, and then I'm just going to keep going with that basically. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's Jay, good. I mean, Jay, um, I mean, do you uh, think that David Bowie's sort of an artist that you feel like you should listen to from start to finish then, rather than just like selecting random albums from his No, um, not really, because to be honest, several of these albums, I was like, right, there's a reason I've never listened to this. Um, yeah. Like Young Americans, it's honestly, it's not a very good album. It's the thing fine. about David Bowie, the thing about David Bowie is he's released so much stuff that it really isn't worth going chronologically. It's worth doing highlights because you just, you have a life well, and you have other things you're like, doing. 
No, but I think like David Bowie. You like, have first, a wife. <laughs> yeah, like the first place to start is just probably Hunky Dory, right? And you go oh, from yeah. there. And then because I I oh you go Black Star. I, I don't think like you should bother because it's someone like I'm trying to think of an equivalent, just someone who's regularly just released so much music yeah. over decades that that eventually like it just becomes an almost futile exercise. Well, you um, say that it's not that many albums actually. Um, I'm already on Young Americans, which is quite late. It's yeah. the 70s output is pretty much an album every year. Someone like um, Eric Clapton, someone like Eric Clapton, you'll find has released yeah. like. I think like at least ten albums or ten at least ten bodies of work, and I, I struggle there to think of a reason why you listen to him in order. Well, I mean the thing is I've kind of done the highlights of David Bowie. I've listened to yeah. I've listened to Ziggy. I've listened to Hunky Dory. But I kind of just wanted to listen and hear how he's changing throughout his career. I think it's more something you do once you're kind of already a fan of him because, truth be told, if you listen to some of his earlier stuff, you're not gonna think, oh my god, this guy's a genius. Like his first album's like some weird kind of pub pub singer album. Yeah. Um. It's not really until Ziggy Stardust hits where you're like, okay, this guy, this guy's fucking going places. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and yeah, I mean, for me, I've been listening to a lot of varying stuff. I've continued with my kind of psychedelic stuff. I've listened to in the Court of the Crim- Crimson King by King Crimson again. Uh, I've listened to um Pink Floyd's kind of three or four main albums. Um, and I've uh relist t- trying to basically just carry on going down that kind of era. I've done some beat. Beach Boys, Pet Sounds, um, Velvet Underground and Nico. I've re-listened to them. Um, and yeah, I've just kind of enjoying my my like kind of 1960s hedonist music. Uh, and it's been quite enjoyable. Um, also re- tried to re-listen to some of uh, more modern rap, conscious rap that I kind of like a lot, uh, but I haven't listened to as much as I'd like to recently. Um, and that's kind of given me a nice mix of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's been good. Uh, but yeah, I think I'll probably go first then in terms of the albums. So I chose Arcade Vibes Funeral. I think it released in 2004. Um, it's been critically acclaimed like most of their albums. And um, overall, um, it's an album that has got obviously high renown. Um, they followed it with The Suburbs, which is another album that got more mainstream appeal. But The Funeral is often funeral is often more critically acclaimed. A lot of famous songs in it, like Wake Up, which I'm sure you might have heard before. Um, but overall, they're one of my favourite bands and I, I kind of really enjoy their sound. Holds a lot of nostalgic memories for me because um, they were that kind of indie scene was what I listened to a lot at school and a lot of programmes I used to watch. Like, like for example, Made in Chelsea. They have their own albums, indie albums on that show that has a load of really good music on. And this kind of brings me back to those kind of days. Um, and we spoke briefly about indie last week with Cameron um, about how he dislikes a lot of the British indie scene um i prefer the american indie scene with like vampire weekend um and i think um he's got a lot of strong points there and arcade fire i think they're from canada they they kind of show i think the 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 kind of gulf between the british indie scene that we saw last week with little comets or someone like courtineers or the kooks um but with with compared to the north american indie scene which we see with with vampire weekend and arcade fire um and yeah, I think their music is eclectic. They sample really nicely. They're not afraid to use different classical instruments or more electrical sounds. They're really versatile. Honestly, I think this album is 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 amazing, and it's it's probably five out of five for me. Uh, Funeral, Cameron, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I agree with basically everything you said. That this is a ten out of ten record for me too. Uh, perhaps for me, the definitive indie rock album of the two thousands. 
I can't think of any other album that delves into such complex lyrical themes whilst balancing that with such innovative and refreshing musical experimentation. It's like you take all the all the most heartwarming bits from albums like In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Neutral Milk Hotel. Beautiful album, 10 out of 10. Another 10 out of 10 album. But you, you, it's like you take that and you really just push the boundaries of what can be said and also how they say it. It reminds me actually of, I think, one of the first times we reviewed on this podcast, um, Illinois by Sufjan Stevens, in just how it uses this cacophony of instrumentation. Like you said, you've got accordions, violins in here, right from the first track, right from um, Neighbourhood Tunnels. It's brilliant. I can't say how much I love this album enough. It's a fantastic album. I mean, I mean, for me, it's really encouraging to hear Cameron say that, especially from kind of more analytical standpoint, because I fully admit, and I, it was even in the way I discussed the album, that for me, it holds a lot of nostalgic value. I associate it a lot with kind of times in the past um, that were like really good for me. Um, and even like I associate it not only with like old friends from school, but even more newer times like at uni where I meet Jay and, met Jay and Cameron who have become really important friends to me. Just that um, Jay and I like bonded a lot over kind of the suburbs by Arcade Fire, like, so that band especially holds um, strong nostalgia for me because, you know, um, I have a lot of good memories tied to their music. So to hear someone echo that, I mean, you know, it's, it's really good. But from a more analytical perspective, um, it's really encouraging for me because it shows that I'm not entirely being blinded by kind of my feelings. Um, Jay, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the opposite position to you in the sense that I think the album by Orchid Fire for me that has the nostalgia value is The Suburbs because it kind of takes me back to what, 2012, um, you know, GCSE, just before GCSEs and kind of in uh, secondary school. Um, and I love that album. But I think as well, this is actually, this is just as Jeez, good you did your you did your GCSEs when you were like 12, you no, did your GCSEs was, when was you were 13. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was not GCSE, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's not GCC, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, pretty, I like, is, kind of, like age 13, 14, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. This album, too, is just as good. It's probably actually more complex musically. Um, one thing, I mentioned this to Ash, actually, just that I was kind of constantly like, the final minute of each song, I was just like, what the fuck, this is amazing. They were, had like a lot of really cool kind of wild co- uh, coders that kind of just switched up the song a bit right in the very end and it kind of justified that you know arcade fire constantly kind of go for like five minute run times on all their songs there was no song where it was like okay can it just fucking end already um and i thought it was really good um i do think maybe i'd have to listen to it a few more times or i'd have to listen to it while kind of walking around kind of my local area like maybe walking past like my second my primary school or something while playing this i think that would work given the themes of the album um so I felt like at the moment I can say that I appreciate it, but it doesn't have the same kind of sentimentality as it does for, say, Ash and Cameron. But uh, yeah, it's a very good album. I was impressed. And it's going to grow on me over the years, I think. So so you think it's one that requires a few listens to um, kind of get into properly? Yeah, I would say so. Um, okay. Well, not necessarily. I think it's just... The thing is, I think maybe I'm slightly blinded by knowing the suburbs as well as I do. Yeah. So yeah, then Arjun. So thanks for that, Jay. You know, I, th- I think that's fair enough. I think some albums do often require like multiple listens to get into, especially from if they're quite complex and engaged yeah. like, on quite a high level. To be honest, that's not an insult though, by any chance. No, no, it's it, not. You know, because it's it means it's that the complex. album's com- complex, and I'd rather listen to an album 
a few times to appreciate it rather than listen once and think, oh, this is great, and then listen again thinking, what the fuck is this shit? No, yeah, okay. fair enough. Um, yeah, so Arjun, what were your thoughts on this? On yeah. yeah, I quite like the album. I, I was interested that it was like a concept album, which I didn't really um, know. I didn't really expect it to be. I, I sort of expected it to be like a sort of classic noisy rock album just with like some bangers and songs that I didn't really you know expect deep lyrics behind them but I, I quite liked it I was surprised with the song I think Haiti that I'd heard before um I don't know where I came across that one but yeah it was quite a fun album I thought that the, the sort of the first couple of songs like really played into the theme like the neighborhood I thought in a way they sounded quite like monotonous and quite samey samey but I guess that was sort of the point if you know what I mean like the mixing and the sort of um tones created by it was quite like similar but I guess that was the point like to show like the bleakness and monotonous of the so-called like neighborhoods but I thought like beyond it it got it got really good and yeah I'd never heard Arcade Fire before today mm-hmm. um but yeah I'd be interested to hear like Suburbs and their other albums yeah I mean Suburbs the- Suburbs is definitely I guess I can get why some people like it more right? I disagree but I mean the reason why people like it more I think is it it often has a lot more pop appeal um, it's less conceptual. It's far more approachable. It's like the kind of difference between um, choosing. It's kind of the difference between Timber Butterfly and Good Kid, Mad City. Um, like both are high quality, but obviously one of them is far more approachable than the other and far more listenable, probably one off tracks. Um, that being like Suburbs is more like Good Kid, Mad City and Funeral is more like Timber Butterfly. Um, I think that's a fair enough kind of comparison. But um, but yeah, um, Jay, I mean, do you want to defend the suburbs as to why you like it more than the funeral? And then Cameron, you can defend the funeral. To be honest, it's such a weak reasoning, but it's pretty much maybe the same reason that you like funeral, which is that I heard suburbs back in you know 2012 when I was younger. So a lot of the songs have kind of grown with me, and you know I've got to I kind of got to know them over the years, and they take me straight back to that place in time. Especially the song Deep Blue, which is my favorite Arcade Fire song yeah um it can literally like whenever i hear it it reminds me of seeing boyhood in the cinema in like 2012 overrated overrated film yeah yeah but it reminds me of like of like that kind of time in my life like the yeah. second you know i mean it's 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 i like it a lot it's just got that personal appeal to me which i think the funeral doesn't yet just because i listened to it for the first time the other day although i knew some of these songs already but yeah fair enough i mean cameron so what appeals to you about funeral because i think you say that um the suburbs is like a kind of eight out of ten i think you said and then the funeral is a ten so what's the difference yeah don't get me wrong the suburbs is a very good album probably like you said uh, maybe even a nine out of ten i'd probably give it but for me the thing that draws me back to funeral is the strength of its lyrical themes and its execution more as a concept i think I really can't think of a lot of any other albums that discuss mortality and ephemerality and really delve into the human condition as much as Funeral does. Obviously, if like the title track or whatever, um, sorry, not the title, but just with the title of the album and all, it just to reveal the sort of themes it tries to discuss, it executes those sort of heavy, in-depth lyrical discussions really beautifully, I think, and for me that's the appeal of the north american indie scene in the 2000s as i was saying last week compared to the british is that it dives into and discusses with a lot more gravity these more complex themes yeah no i think i think that's fair enough in terms of lyricism and and everything um yeah i think i think that's fair enough reasoning um so yeah that's good um let's move on now to cameron let's do uh, your album next 
yeah so my choice this week was uh hip hop bebop by man parish and uh, the reason why i chose this is because uh, i actually had a little chat with arjun as you're all aware after last week and he said that uh that he doesn't particularly care for my albums the most and i also always tend to issue hip-hop as a genre even though i do actually quite like the genre i really like some of arjun's recommendations so i thought i'll try and pick an album that tempers my synth pop leaning tendencies with uh, the birth of hip-hop uh so man parish was a very influential scene in the new york electro uh genre back in the early 1980s he worked with uh people like grandmaster flash and africa bambata delivering some of the first of what we would now call rap music uh and this is one of his first projects pulling together all the tracks he's worked on up to uh, that point um and yeah i'm interested to see your thoughts because it's not a conventional hip-hop album the fact that it doesn't use a lot of sampling uh the bars and the delivery on it are quite different to what we might be uh more aware of nowadays so yeah it's uh, it's an intriguing album interesting what you say yeah so jay what are your thoughts because obviously um you don't like hip-hop as much as arjun so i'll come to him last um but yeah i mean what did you think um t- uh, it wasn't my favorite album let's put it that way um when it first started the first song i was just like oh my god what the fuck is this shit um, when he was like rapping, I was just like, oh no, this is this is rubbish. It kind of felt like a meme of a rap rather than a rap itself. But then when it kind of got more into like the instrumentals later on in the album, where it basically just became like an electronic dance album, I actually thought it was a lot better and a lot more interesting. Um, yeah, it wasn't like my favorite album. There are a few things that I was like, if this came on like a club or something, I'd probably, you know, happily vibe to it. But I don't think I'm like running back to listen to more of Man Parish's work. What did you think of the kind of um, early hip hop style and it might give you then an indication of how the genre has evolved? Yeah, it was weird because to me, if you hadn't actually talked, this, maybe it sounds stupid, but if you hadn't said this is a hip hop album, I would not have listened to this and I just listened to a hip hop album. I would have been like, I just listened to like some 80s electronic album. Yeah. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Uh, to us, it got better the second he stopped rapping. It did improve in quality. Because <laughs> that first song, I was just like, literally, mate, what are you doing? I was like, this is me going on here and like trying to start rapping. It, it is funny you say it's not a hip hop album because I must admit, where I first listened to Man Parish was in the soundtrack to Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> it's the scene where they come back drunk from the pub and he's yeah, spinning yeah, yeah. records. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, the, the, the actual quote from Ed is, uh, it's not hip hop, it's electro prick. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a very apt description of well, Man I mean, Parish's work. I like it because okay, so firstly, I until that's initially the, but I hadn't realised that was Man Parish until I listened to this album, and then I realised I remembered it from that scene as well. Um, but I guess I get I agree with what Jay's saying in that it's not hip hop in the way we would look at it now, or not even the way we look at it in the nineties. It's kind of like techno-ish, electronic. There's even a song called um, Techno Tracks, um, yeah, which I, I, like I thought was. Yeah, which is which is far more like your standard '80s um, electronic song than a than a rap song. But I mean, maybe that's because of. I mean, we could pose this as an interesting discussion, but maybe it's because we overly conflate rap with kind of social discussion, right? So because this is more kind of '80s whimsical discussion, we don't appreciate it to be rap in the same way. When merely like ten years later, rap already is heavily associated with social commentary, social issues, kind of growing up in rough areas. Um, and like talking about those experiences 
um, because of its like popularity within African-American communities, which are often deprived. Um, and because this lacks that and is more kind of based on 80s kind of classic, almost not necessarily pop, but but less kind of social discussion. Maybe we don't really appreciate it to be rapping the same way. Um, Arjun, I'm really interested to think to hear what you said about the album, because obviously you're the you listen to more hip hop than any of us um, here. And um, this is something you hadn't listened to before. Yeah, so I'm quite inexperienced when it comes to listening to 80s rap. Um, I can barely, I probably listen to probably like max 10 80s um, rap albums. They're probably like right from the tail end of the 80s. And so this is quite a new experience for me. First of all, I want to point out that the cover of the album is quite, genuinely quite disturbing. Like, I'm pretty sure I've had this guy's face like staring into my soul for like the last couple of nights. But um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting, oh God, yeah, he's putting it on camera right now and it's quite disturbing. I'm looking at it, yeah. But it was a really weird al- album to listen to. As, as has been pointed out, I expected it to be more like traditional hip hop rather than this sort of like fusion between like electronic music, techno and a bit of rapping on the side. I thought it started off really strongly. The song Boogie Down Bronx was quite good, but then it sort of tailed out, tailed, um, tailed off a bit. And I didn't, I, I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it, but I think that was because I was actually expecting like a traditional hip hop album. If I were to like listen to it again and, and sort of, you know, appreciate it for what it was, I would have enjoyed it. Um, in terms of like standout tracks, I like the song Six Simple Synthesizers um, because at that point I sort of understood that it wasn't going to be a traditional hip hop album. I knew what I was in for. Or maybe it is. Maybe it listen. is. Maybe it is the most traditional hip hop yeah, album. Yeah, okay, but yeah. hip hop, hip hop is you know what not what it once was. Yeah. Okay. You could argue that. Yeah. And yeah, you could argue that this is quite an innovative album because of that because it was like made at a formative time when you know lots of like producers and DJs were sort of incorporating hip-hop into their work and you know making this sort of fusion between electro music and hip-hop music and but I don't know I think I think the, I thought the production was pretty good but I thought that I don't know I don't know yeah as has been pointed out I don't know if I'd be listening to Man Parish again seeking out his work more but I am looking forward to like listening to more 80s rap and 80s hip-hop so if this is the the jumping in point for me then so be it. Fair enough. I, I, I do find it interesting to see you Arjun you liked the track Boogie Down Bronx but actually Jay said that he preferred the album when it got further away from trying to be a rap album yeah definitely do you think Arjun that's because you sort of you listen to a lot more hip-hop and rap currently so you kind of are guided more by what you expect a rap album to be yeah I guess so but as as I'll talk about briefly with my with my pick across the exhibition that's obviously very much an experimental hip-hop album and that's not conventional at all um, it's just that, uh, I don't know, I, it's just more because I wasn't really, didn't expect this to be an experimental hip-hop album. I thought it would be like one of those like classic 80s, early 90s rap albums where it's like really simple raps, corny punchlines. I didn't really expect like half the tracks to just be no rap at all and just like, you know, electronic music basically. But, hmm, I don't know. I guess, it, as I say, it shows something interesting about how rappers evolved from merely kind of spoken spoken um lyrics over 80s beats to um as as i say like more of a medium of quite quite a more serious medium of cultural expression um cameron what are your thoughts on that kind of evolution that this album kind of shows yeah i definitely agree with you that's sort of the, the evolutionary path it took and for me it also kind of speaks to how important electronic music was in shaping not not only rap but in shaping all forms of genres and pop music as we know it currently you know the, these beats and production techniques only came about really 
uh, because Kraftwerk decided to mess about with a synthesizer. I mean, uh, one of the famous tracks, I think it's called Planet Earth by Africa Bambata from that time, that actually uh, samples Trans Europe Express by Kraftwerk. It's one of the first sort of, uh, instances of sampling in hip hop. So, yeah, I think it, it, it goes to how important we view electronic music, but more broadly as well, how important one genre can start out as something and then end up and tail off and actually exponentially increase in value in some other forms for other people. So, yeah, it's, it's just it, it's an interesting case study in the evolution of genre. Fair enough. No, I think I, I think I agree. Um and yeah, as I say, it's really interesting just because I listen to quite a lot of hip hop as well, not as much as Arjun does, but again, like, it makes me more kind of eager to look at the history of the genre, um, even its pre-90s days, even before Nas and the Wu-Tang Clan, and maybe learn more about that. Um, but yeah, no, thank you, Cameron, because that was actually quite an educative choice as well. Uh, not only something that was quite enjoyable, but so thank you. I mean, I, th I think I enjoyed it more than Jay did anyway. Um, Let's move on now to Arjun's choice, which I think is an album we all know. Arjun. Yeah, so I'm glad that everyone knew this. I, I didn't actually expect everyone to listen to it, but I guess looking back on it, it's quite a mainstream popular album, which considering... I have never heard found... this album. Oh, okay, okay right, except for two. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's quite good because Daddy Brown's like a the definition of like rags to riches sort of story. He was an underground rapper. Um, he's the sort of rapper, he went broke making this album because he basically paid for all the samples himself. And it was, this is very much like a make in his home studio sort of album. And his most recent album, You Know What I'm Saying, came out last year. And when you watch interviews with him sort of promoting that album, you see how happy it is. You see how positive he is about everything. Um, you know, has a much more positive outlook on life. But with this album, he, this was made like um, in the midst of his like downward spiral into depression. He was severely depressed when making this. Um, and it's like a sort of disturbing trip into his like drug-fueled mind and I think it's a very fun listen in in one sense but also a very depressing listen um, obviously his vocals are a bit of an acquired taste um, you either love it or hate it um, I compare his voice to like Kendrick Lamar in that he can sometimes employ voices like you know like light uh, sort of whiny high-pitched vocals that you know may not be, be to everyone's taste but once you sort of get into them and this sort of unique and unhinged rap style you sort of enjoy and appreciate the songs that he makes much more. Um, the production of this album is very atmospheric, very um, unfiltered, full of like in industrial and experimental production. Um, it has a great posse track, really dope, that has Kendrick Lamar, Absol, Old Sweatshirt, which samples um, the great song Assassination Day from Ghostface Killer's first album, Iron Man, that I listened to um, the other week with Ash and he loved it. Um, but yeah, it's a very dark album, very depressing, but also very um, fun at the same time. Ain't it funny? It's, it's such a like, it's like almost um, the antithesis to most of the songs in the album because it's such a banger, basically, whereas half the songs are a bit more depressing and downward and, you know, yeah, like reflect this sort of addiction and downward spiral into life. But mm. it's, it's an interesting, like, sort of... Um, window into his life at the time because now he's, he's he's like sober making more sort of fun party experiment and um, less ex experimental more sort of mainstream songs um but yeah this is very yeah this is a very interesting rap album and you know it, it was obviously highly acclaimed at the time one of the best albums of 2016 one of the best of the decade um and yeah obviously like Cameron and Nash have listened to it before but I'd be especially interested to see what Jay thinks of it having listened to it for the first time 
Yeah, Jane. Uh, yeah, honestly, I thought this was such a fucking good album. Um, I thought I agree with you completely about what you said about Kendrick Lamar. The album kind of, in a weird way, reminded me of you know the song "You" from uh, *Temple Butterfly*. The bit when he's like kind of drunk and like screaming—that was kind of like what the entire album was like. Um, and it was like it was kind of almost scary at points, and it felt like you were kind of entering into this guy's mind. And there were points where, when he lost that kind of voice and he took on a slightly more almost kind of drab tone into his rapping style, which almost felt like he was kind of disassociating from what he was saying. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, I thought the production was fantastic. It almost had this like kind of psychedelic feel to it um, throughout the album. It kind of, in a way, reminded me of Kids See Ghosts, which is kind of a similar topic. Um, I've only listened to this once. I've listened to Kids See Ghosts loads of times, but, you know, this was this certainly gave it a run for its money. Um, I thought it was a really, really good album. I actually think this is one of my favourite choices that Arjun's made. Yeah, I mean, I um, have to agree. I mean, I listened to it in 2016. I hadn't listened to it in some time. Um, and I really, really, really did enjoy it. It's right up my street. The kind of production, um, the rapping. Really does a really good track, just because obviously it has the sample from Iron Man. But also, it just includes some really, really good rappers overall, like Al Sweatshirt and Kendrick Lamar, both at kind of their prime and it's just kind of a really good ensemble track in that regard. I really like the song Gold Dust. I thought like um, I liked his kind of lyricism. I liked his flow. I like the way that although his pitch of voice can be quite varied, he also isn't afraid to vary his flow and the speed of his flow. And he's happy to go off beat and on beat. Um, and I think that, that adds a nice bit of variety uh, because I think every rap album to keep the listeners interest because of the lack of actual vocal singing. Um, needs to have a variety of voice pitches and and voice speeds on flow um, to to keep the kind of listeners interested. Um, and I think that he manages to do that quite effectively. Um, I think Hell for It was a solid end um, to the album. Um, I don't think it was like anything special. And, and based on what came before, I, it was maybe slightly disappointing, uh, just because it sounded still quite similar to everything that had come before. But again, it wasn't actually bad, and it it was still good. So it's not that not much I can complain about there. Um, overall, um, yeah, I think it was a pretty good, pretty good album, and yeah, it held up since I last listened to it. Cameron, uh, yeah, this is an exceptional album. It's probably one of my favourite, if not the favourite album from 2016 for me, depending on what kind of a mood I'm in. If I want to listen to a bit of a moon-shaped pool, but no, this is a brilliant album. Um, the thing that stands out for me uh, massively on this is the production. And as Arjun was saying, the variety of samples uh, that Danny Brown uses here. Uh, for example, my favourite track is probably um, When It Rains, and it uses a just a really innovative, inspired sample of uh, an old Delia Derbyshire electronic BBC soundscape, electronic workshop track from the 1960s. And just how he interpolates that melody uh it's just it's it's really just a, a masterpiece in beat making uh so that 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 for me is what really solidifies this as a magnificent record um but also like ash was getting that as well and and jay the rapping on this is of an outstanding quality uh the polyrhythmic flows just how he's able to come in on a beat and then come off a beat the way he comes in certain tracks it's just it's very very good this is a incredible album it's a 10 out of 10 from here oh wow okay um 
I wouldn't go that far, but again, I said I think it's really good. I like the kind of some aspects which are more like free jazz, some aspects which are quite electronic. Um, and in that regard, and I think both the flow and the lyrics, along with the underlying production and beat, hold up quite well. Um, and and as, as I say, they hold they hold a good amount of variety. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a very good listen. Um, Arjun, do you have anything to add? Yeah. So and the other day I found this website that I shared with you guys called Obscurify. Um, so it basically like tracks your Spotify data and like tells you your most listened to songs and artists and stuff like that. And um, it allows you to make a play. It creates a playlist for you, like your top 50 most played songs ever. And so I, I made mine very interesting. I was a bit disappointed because it was basically all like Kanye West and Wu-Tang Clan sort of related songs on there. But the song Lost, um, which I think is the fifth song on the album, is one of the very few, uh, one, one of those the few tracks that made my plays that isn't from um, aforementioned like Kanye and, and Ghostface Killer and Wu-Tang Clan. And I think that's because I, just, I rinsed it so much like two years ago because I just love the, the use of the samples in that song. It's one of those songs where when I first listened to it, my jaw sort of dropped at the sort of looping sample. I, I love that song. Um, but yeah, overall, I echo everything you guys said. Like it is, a, it is like for me a nine out of 10. Um, I wouldn't go far as to say it's 10 out of 10 because I reserve that. I'm very picky with my ratings, but yeah, it definitely holds up um, after my last listen. So, yeah, very good album. Okay, I think, um, yeah, Consensus, that's a good listen. And um, I think it's always nice when we when we uh, agree that something is, is genuinely good. Um, so let's move on then to Jay, Radio. Yep. Yeah, um, so I picked In Rainbows. The reason I picked In Rainbows is because for me... I'd, I'd always liked Radiohead. It had been a couple of years where I was always like, yeah, these guys are really good. Um, but I think In Rainbows was certainly the album that had I had kind of had my like click moment where I was like, oh, right, I fully kind of get what the fuss is about with these guys. Um, for me, it's I think it's their best album. I think it's the one that kind of straddles the line between, you know, the kind of more experimental kind of electronic sound on Kid A and also the more kind of ambient sound on that we see on a moon-shaped pool. And I think you kind of get the best of both worlds in this. And I also think it's got Radiohead's two best songs back to back on this album as well. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it. Mm. Uh, Arjun, do you want to go first and just say that kind of your reasoning? Right. So controversially, I didn't listen to this album. Now, I, I have what I think is a good reason. So I feel like Radiohead are one of those bands and artists where you feel to really appreciate them and to really appreciate their um their change over time you have to listen to it chronologically have to listen to them chronologically and i have i i felt that jumping in with in rainbows which i guess um jay said jay said to me like it's his like favorite album ever and and their best album um i felt like going into it going into them with that album was a bit of a bit too like extreme and a bit too extreme starting off point so i wanted to sort of listen to you know um pablo honey first and and move on to okay computer etc However, you know, in the time frame that I had, I didn't really want to listen to their like first four albums or three albums before before In Rainbows. I think six like, albums. Oh, okay, wow, exactly. Wait, yeah. It might I be think. later. Three. Yeah, it's their seventh album, I think. Yeah, so I don't want to sort of rush into them and, and binge their their albums before this before before the podcast. So I decided to leave them with the um with the sort of knowledge that I will be listening. We'll be jumping into their chronolog- chronological albums like very soon, and I will. Get Are we to chasing Rainbows, your promise next week? Yeah, don't worry. Oh, I, I can't promise I'll get to In Rainbows by next week, but you know, I will. I will listen to it at some point, and I will. Yeah, you've got to at least have gotten to OK Computer by next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, fine. That's fair enough. I'll do that. 
I'll make Pablo Hardy a priority for me to do this interview like today and tomorrow. That's probably the only time in someone's life they said they want to make Pablo Hardy a priority. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, okay, let's. Um, yeah. Yeah. But okay. Uh, no, fair enough. Um, Cameron, so you've obviously listened to a lot of the, you've probably listened to all of the Radiohead albums and in detail, and you know their work really well. So what do you make of this album? Well, I'll just start off by saying this pod, I think, is going to be quite unique because three of the four albums I'm going to be saying are 10 out of 10s. And the one that isn't <laughs> is the one that I recommended. So, uh, yeah, this is another just I'm running out of words to say, but it's a very good album. This I, I yeah. love pieces. Um, I think Jay's totally right when he says that this is Radiohead, both at some of the most experimental and at the most personal. Uh, yeah. I think it was a necessary artistic step from them after works like uh, Kid A and Amnesiac to come back down to more of their earthy roots. Uh, probably my favourite track on it is Videotape, just for that reason, the closer. Mm. It's one of the best album closers of all time, in my opinion, just how it wraps the themes and concepts up very beautifully with just this piano ballad. I, I don't know as well, you might want to listen to it when they premiered some of this, uh, these album songs um, at Bonnaroo, I think it was, the Bonnaroo Festival in 2006. They actually played a much more dance-rocky type version of videotape. Uh, it sounds actually quite a bit like Talking Heads, and it's something that you wouldn't think works on paper, but it also sounds fantastic. Mm. Completely different vibe from the song, so check that out if you want to you know, delve into the, the, this album's lore a bit more. But just getting back to the album itself, no, it's it's a brilliant album. It's a very good way to deal with relatable themes, heartbreak, loss, love, life, with the experimentation and sonic innovation that Radiohead are known for. So a very important album in their discography, probably my third favourite of theirs behind uh, KD and OK Computer. So, yeah, it it's got stiff competition but no it's a brilliant record i'd actually say i prefer this to kid a um i think i i think i'd say okay computer and in rainbows and then kid a in my order which i think is controversial but i, I, I don't that's, know that's, that's totally fair i think they're, they're all magnificent um i think okay computer i really liked because it was one of the first it was probably their first album i listened to um, yeah, I think so, that's true most people. Yeah, so that was good. Um, but yeah, anyway, my opinions on it. I really like this album. I listened to it straight after Funeral. So I liked the kind of quality, but more mainstream indie sound, moved to the kind of experimental sound without losing any quality. I think both albums are very high quality. Um, for that for that reason, I, I thought that, yeah, this, pod, this pod's been some very high quality music. Um, I think some certain songs on the um, album definitely stand out. But one thing I really want to note was like Tom York, seems to hear have like taken taken it upon himself to kind of lead in a more kind of strong way and although you can mm. hear like some of johnny greenwood's influence that you'll find it's it, i feel like it's less prominent than in other albums and you feel like this is kind of tom yeah. york's, this is kind of tom york's album and i like that if you know about the band and their kind of interplay then obviously that um that dynamic is interesting to you um i think it's interesting then what kind of results that brings so I think as the influence of Johnny is not necessarily lessened, but it's kind of more this time overshadowed by the influence of Tom York. Um, mm. I think then the sound also changes. So um, you get less of the kind of almost depressing experimentation <laughs> you'll get in Kid A and replace it with, although it's not exactly like, uh, you know, whimsical and happy, it's, it's more profound and maybe slightly more optimistic sounds you get in this album. 
Um, and that maybe illustrates something interesting about the different about the two artists. Um, but in terms of um, actual actual songs that I really enjoyed, I thought that all I need was like a really nice song. Um, yeah. I think I think it has a really nice kind of use of vocals. I'm not entirely sure he was on vocals in this song. I can't. Tom York for everything. Yeah. Was it was it all him? Yeah. And then and then yeah because it was I feel like that kind of had a different vibe to the rest of the album. I'm not mm. sure why, but it stood out to me for that reason. And I really liked the way that the album closed out with kind of Jigsaw falling into place and then videotape. I thought that was quite mm. a strong ending. Um, I thought that it added something new that you don't often see. Um, and overall, yeah, I thought it was a really high quality album that was quite cohesive, which is often um, something that you don't find enough. Yeah. See, I'm different. I think for me, Nude, is, Nude and Weird Fishes are the two best songs on the album. And I think... Nude is very good. Body Snatchers, which is like probably my least favorite track on here. It's like it's very kind of it's probably the hardest rock song on this album. And then it's kind of like the four opens up, and then you just go into Nude, which is like just a complete like abyss of a song. And then that carries on further with Weird Fishes. And I think Weird Fishes in particular, like the final minute of the song just comes out of fucking nowhere. Whereas like it's really quiet, and then there's just completely out of nowhere. The drums kick in, and it just goes mad in the outro. Um, I think it's a really fuck. I mean, I love this album, as you know. I wouldn't have recommended it otherwise, but. Um, with too far, I did recommend Kevin Featherline, but um, I really like this. I think it's Radiohead's kind of finest moment, personally. Oh, God, that's, say, that's strong. I, I would say it's... I'm probably, okay, I'm going to be quite controversial here. I'm going to do In Rainbow's Kid A, Moonshape Pool, OK Computer. Okay, I'm, I'm not listening to Moonshape Pool. I'm not listening to Moonshape Pool, so I can't... I really like Moonshape Pool. Okay, Cameron? Uh, call me basic, but I probably would have OK Computer up on top. Uh, um, no, no matter how much I love How to Disappear completely, Kid A is a very strong second. Hmm. Uh, then probably In Rainbows, and then A Moonshape Pool. Yeah, so you're closer to me then in that. Yeah, I, you're I, closer I to like normal people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm very okay. basic when it comes to Radiohead. All right. Fair enough. No, no. I mean, um, I can also understand why someone wouldn't like Radiohead at all um i think just that they they aren't exactly they don't try and please you they don't try and um like cater to kind of norms they just do kind of what they want to do and i guess that kind of yeah. alienates some people well like literally um, like in the in the like 19 in like 1997 you kind of had Britpop was ending and you had really you had okay computer come out and then those people were like these guys are going to save rock that was like literally a huge statement at the time Everyone was saying they're kind of like the last big mainstream rock band. They're going to save rock. And then they made Kid A, which is like a complete fucking electronic album, which is doing anything but saving rock. Um, they kind of just don't really seem to care um, about pleasing fans or living up to expectations. They just do their own thing, which is something I do respect in an artist. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think that's the reason why I love Radiohead. They're probably the band, maybe along with actually Muse, that got me into just really loving music. And uh, I think that is why I love them, because they can take these left field turns uh, that just bucks the trend of the national or just the, the, the music scene. They go against optimism in Britpop in like, 97 or yeah. again in 2000 with Kid A. They just have the ability to change it up like that. Also, like in Rainbows, it's, it's a minor point. I didn't really want to bring it up, but in Rainbows was released as a pay what you want album. They released it. This was kind of like the first big surprise release. It was an, it was a week before when they announced it, which now is not what we think of as a surprise release. It's just kind of dropping out on Spotify. But you know, this was 2007. 
and they made an album where you could pay whatever you wanted for it on their website, including nothing. Um, they were kind of trying to challenge, you know, the music industry and create something that works for them, um, which I do respect. I think it's a hugely innovative process. And I think probably even without this, you wouldn't maybe necessarily have someone like Beyonce feeling like she could just drop an album, you know, within overnight. Um, so I think they're kind of both sonically and in terms of like the music industry, I think they're kind of pushing into new, new exciting territory and kind of paving the way for others to do the same. Yeah, I, mean, I do disagree. And I think Arjun, that... Um should encourage you to listen to them then engage with some of their stuff um yeah, but yeah definitely. no but yeah guys thank you for talking to you about your about your albums um this is a high very high quality pod in terms of just quality of music um and um although cameron's like wasn't like uh, as i think i didn't enjoy it as much as the others it was really good not only just the sound but in terms of what we can talk about it in terms of the context of the album as well so um so that that was really good um but yeah, I guess this question remains. So what are you guys going to listen to in the coming days, Jay? Um, I'm probably going to... Well, I'm actually quite excited because I was mentioning at the start David Bowie and the next one is uh, Station to Station and I've got the Berlin trilogy to get through, which are like my favourite kind of... My favourite era of Bowie. So um, that's probably what I'm going to work beyond for the next few days. Okay, Cameron? Uh, I know you'll love this, Ash. I really want to get back into classical music. It's something I listened to a lot as a kid, and I just adore the romantic era of classical. So the best is the best era, except for twentieth century. But yeah, it, it, except for twenty, would you have twentieth century over romantic? Yeah, yeah just because I rap had an option, especially because of the Russians in the twentieth century. I've got to put them ahead. But I think romantic is what most people like, and for obvious reasons. Like. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan. Like, obviously, yeah, it's some of the twentieth century. You've got Shostakovich, who's fantastic but uh, i'm probably going to listen to a lot of wagner stuff to get myself back in there we go he's showing the shostakovich some nice nice communist record here yeah i wonder why i love him so much (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh, and then i follow that up by saying i'm going to listen to wagner so yeah (laughs) are you going to listen to you're going to try to listen to the entire ring circle nice all i'm going to i'm I'm, going to try (laughs) yeah just a bit of uh, a bit of light light listening isn't it yeah um, no, Wagner's always good. I think his overture is obviously very famous. Uh, Tannhauser, um, etc. Um, romantic. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of love for it. Whether it's later stuff with Tchaikovsky or obviously Beethoven starting it with the Eroica Symphony is obviously brilliant. Um, Arjun, how about you? What are you listening to this week? So Radiohead for one. Um, I've got to definitely going to dive into their discography. I'll start with Pablo Honey and then go into OK Computer. Um, got to There's do the bands up. between that. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, they'll do that one as well. Um, then I need to, I think I plan to listen to that, Velvet Underground and Eco. We've been putting it off for a few days, so might as well get get down to it, like, soon. Um, and then, yeah, um, the rest will be spontaneous as usual. I'll just decide. Like, after, Velvet Underground, after Velvet Underground and Nico, we're probably going to, Adjo and I are probably going to listen to um, another album by Ghostface Killer or Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, that's the plan, yeah. Before so, the next podcast. So that that's probably be up in uh, that's probably in this week before we next record. Um, yeah. But yeah, no good stuff. Nice eclectic mix, Cameron. Um, and also, I hope that you all pay attention to um, just what Cameron's saying, just because um, we might start a classical music podcast from the symposium too. So if you do want to listen to Cameron and I talk more about that kind of stuff, then um, that that is that could be in the works. Um, do let us know if that's what you want us to do. Um, but yeah, no, and um, I'm sure we could maybe do a classical episode and maybe get Jay and I recommend stuff to Jay and Arjun to listen to and they can they can talk to us about what they like. 
as, a, as um, if you weren't pretentious enough already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's only there's only, there's only a few ways to. Well, I mean, we can only get more pretentious at this point. Can't we? <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Honestly, I think it'll be some good fun. Um, but yeah, no, thanks guys. Thanks for the pod. Thanks for your time. Really high quality pod in terms of music this time. Maybe next time I might choose something less good but more provocative. Um, I might choose Teen Dream by Beach House because I know Cameron and I think that's a 10 out of 10 album, but Jay doesn't. Album so, of the decade. So that's that's like good. Jay says Dream Pop, Dream Pop is called that because you fall asleep while you're listening. To yeah. It. Um, <laughs> but okay, no, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to listen to that because of the because of the arguments we'll be able to have. Um, but yeah, no, thank you for listening. Uh, please do find us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on there. Um, we're on Instagram and Spotify and now Apple Music too. Um, if you follow the bio in our Instagram, which is The Symposium Podcast, you'll find our Spotify. And that in the description to the Spotify has all the other platforms we're on, whether that's Apple, Google, YouTube. Um, and yeah, please do comment on our stuff. Rank us. Give us five stars. If you're going to give us a less than three stars, don't rank us. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, like us on YouTube, like, comment, all that stuff, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram and Spotify. Um, yeah, we hope that you carry on enjoying Waxing Lyrical. We really enjoy making it. Um, and yeah, cheers. Thanks. Speak to you next time. The Symposium with Ash Orlack.